Welcome to a football show here, Monday edition of the pod. We are back in the Cast Collective studio here on Music Row in the heart of Nashville. His name is Zach. My name is Braden. If you have any, any technical difficulties, we're going to work through them here together as a family. Uh, again, Zach Braden football show brought to you by Kingston Group here. BuildKG.com is the website. If you have any needs for your house, any major renovations, if you want to build a custom house, Zach. Oh, I like it. A whole entire custom uh, house. Maybe a wing. A custom tiny house. A cu- I, they probably could do that. Um, I, I don't understand the people that want to live in tiny houses, but I, it, listen, I get it when you're retired and the kids are out of the house and you want to see the country. I get that maybe. Uh, but in one place, I don't know. I don't get that. But I guess Kingston Group could probably do that too. Uh, custom, uh, obviously, Nashville's award-winning. I'm going to get out, I'm gonna get through this, Zach. All right. Nashville's award-winning custom home and remodeling firm, buildkg.com. Cast Collective is our location. If you want to host a small event of any kind, make sure you check them out, thecastcollective.com. And I believe it's now at the Cast Collective on Instagram as well. So uh, they've, they've they've commandeered the at the Cast Collective handle from like it from the previous imposters. It's tough to go to these sites where all their social tags are the same. So it's nice to have <laughs> our on branding. Right. Everything's the same. You can right. go everywhere. So if you want to follow Zach, follow him at F Words Pod. Yeah, <laughs> it's easy. You can follow. I don't me. have another account. <laughs> yeah, it's at F Words. That's the only one you yeah, use. You can follow one. me. Uh, at Braden Gall, and we, of course, appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Turn on all the YouTube stuff. Yes, because all the he, notifications. He, here's the deal. We want to take your comments, but I just got to say, after coming back from Atlanta and SEC Media Days, camp opens up on Wednesday. We got Vrabel on Tuesday. We're back now in our studio in our regular time slot. We're going to talk How about How many Fat Burks questions will, will Vrabel get on oh, Tuesday? Um, I don't know. I Over under two and a half? I like it. I would probably take the under because I think after the second one, yeah, it's, yeah. it's like D-Day. Well, it's going to be gauging his reaction to the yeah. first one. And if there's a smart follow-up, then maybe there's a third that right. gets us to the stupidity portion of the yeah. of the interview in the press conference. But again, uh, he'll be, uh, I believe, 11 a.m. on Tuesday and then obviously practice, I believe, at 9.30 the rest of the week and on starting on Wednesday. So cannot wait. I, the point is, I bring all that up, uh, Zach, to say I, I just – SEC football this year, there's all this chaos in college football, Mm -hmm. but I think I left and we talked about this on our last episode with how wide open and great and dramatic and fun the league is going to be this year. The NFL is here now, and and I think it is going to be a great and fun and dramatic and wide open AFC race with great teams in every division. And I just... I just think it's okay to take a second and just get excited about football the being back, a- folks. The AFC is stacked. It's the Loaded. most stacked the AFC has ever been, and it's clearly the better of the two conferences by far. I agree. As far as the quality of teams in there. I mean, what better storyline to start us off today, you know, start the NFL season off today than Tyree Kill saying that he is playing with two <laughs> the most accurate quarterback in the NFL when, in by all factual evidence, he is not. Well, and I think this has now been three times now, and I don't know why we're three talking. Three or four. I don't know why we talk about Tyreek Hill this much. Um, but, like, one time it's like, he's got the most perfect balls ever. Right. No pun intended. And then it's the second time he's like, oh, this is his last chance. Yeah. And then now it's like, most efficient quarterback. What did you say? Oh, you he's the most accurate quarterback. Accurate? Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. what are we doing, Tyreek? I know. <laughs> he's just setting himself up for failure, and I'm here for it, right? I mean, he's going to make himself look like a big idiot when Tua is not what Tyreek needs and he's going to act out on the sidelines and he's going to be the one that looks like an idiot, not Tua. So I don't want to make this about the media or about our show or about, you know... Well, it's all about us. But it is all about us. This We can go right to Taylor Lewan on this. Like, there is space 
and time for you, the fan who loves the Titans, to consume really fun and awesome and hilarious and engaging right. Taylor Lewan content. But you also need people like us to also talk about the team objectively because he is a player on the team. He cannot be objective. I love the fact that we now have access to players more than ever before, that Tyree Kill can have yep. a podcast and Taylor Lewan can be the, this big, bigger-than-life persona elsewhere. That's a good thing for you, the fans. You also need to have the other thing which is, hey, I don't think they should have done that on that play or fire, you know, hired or fired that guy. You kind of need them both to be a full, complete, holistic fan. Yeah. yeah. I, it's, you know it's, I mean? it's hard for, I think, players to separate themselves from and, and give a overview or what is a high-level view of the team itself yes. to be able to give you really what they should be saying yep. other than what they want to say, so, if that makes sense. So basically, no empty calories on this show. Right. Consume all the other stuff you want. If you want Homer Radio, consume that too, man. If you want player media, consume that too. If you want straight shit about the Titans, this is where you come. That's why you turn on your notifications. That's why you follow us on Twitter. That's why you got to tell all your friends and all your family and all your enemies and everybody. Preach. Tell your dogs, your birds, all that stuff. <laughs> the dog's thumbs don't work the Twitter machine it's as what well. The, it's what the nose is for. That's true. Just pawing at the like button. The Titans Give training me. camp is here. It is. It is. It, the Titans training camp is here. I can't wait. Football is here. Pads are popping. It's just, it's well, going to Pads be, will be popping. They will be. It's going to be hot as hell. Uh, and I don't know, what are you most looking forward to in general now that we're actually here? Because to me, it's just like, I want to see people line up in formations against yeah. each other with fully formed pads and things on to actually hit each other. That's what I can't wait. I'm, I'm, that's what I'm here for. I'm not here for, you know, seeing uh, someone go up for a one-headed catch when they're not being covered or someone, you know, or a wide receiver beating a DB in one-on-ones. That, that stuff's all all serves its purpose, but that's not really what's going to tell you what's really happening. And to me, it's it's the 11-on-11 drills, the, oh, yeah. the red zone drills, all this. Yep. The, the important stuff is that stuff. That's the stuff that gets me excited. What What is going on in 11-on-11s? Well, you know, yep. what what is uh, Ryan Tannehill seeing while he's playing our defense? And is the defense covering these, you could say, inexperienced wide receivers? I mean, one could say. Yeah, one could say. And we'll get to all the things that we're going to be looking at, sort of those, type, those types of things coming up for camp. We'll get to a lot of that stuff yeah. here coming up in just a few minutes. But uh, injuries, I guess, we'll start with. And this, I guess this has to include Traylon Burks's weight because we did have some news. Um, the Athletics football show, which is not to be confused with a football show. Yes. Um, Diana Rossini was on there talking about how he looks much better and he's lost his weight and there's buy-in. And this is from an organization that doesn't give a lot of information. Um, Monty Rice was on the pup list. Tommy Hudson, which we talked about, was probably not maybe yeah. going to make the team as the fourth tight end. He's on the pup list. And then backup kicker Caleb Shudak is on the pup list as well. So not a whole lot of news for the Titans in terms of injuries. James Robinson for Jacksonville is not on there. Got some John Mechie news that's really scary, of course. Yeah, that sucks. The, the that, cancer that stuff. Broke like, my heart. Like, God, it's awful. Um, Baltimore's got a ton of people on, on the pup list. Indiana, you know, Darius Leonard's on the pup list for Indianapolis. Which, which is expected, but right. it is something to monitor because the this is a new defensive system. So yep. you need reps in a new defensive system, no matter how good you are. Now, if he's ready by can't or ready by you know week one and he missed all of it, it may take uh, someone like Darius Leonard two or three weeks to right. adjust. 
he made just quicker than most linebackers. But look at Julio Jones, who missed all of, of you know the offseason. And we all thought that Hall of Fame player would come right in. And who yeah. cares about chemistry? Chemistry yep. matters. I've learned my mistake. <laughs> that, that they need some reps, which, again, we'll get, reps. We'll, we'll get to reps in, in just a second. But I, I'm curious. You said uh, on the, our defensive episode, go back and listen to our defensive episode from a couple of weeks ago before media days, where you thought inside linebacker was a real big strength of this mm-hmm. team. There's a lot of depth. You like all the pieces. Money Rice. It turns out it was an Achilles injury, which has you know, long been reported, but he's on the pup list to start. Is that change your opinion of the depth? Or are you No, it... that's that's where the depth comes into play, in okay. my opinion. So Dylan Cole can let's say that it takes Monty Rice, you know, all the way up to kind of like Darius Leonard, like I said, maybe it takes him all the way up to the preseason, maybe it takes him into the regular season. The good the good news is is that Dylan Cole can play for three or four weeks, I think. Okay. Can you rely on Dylan Cole from, you know, to b- play a big part on this defense? Probably not. But they're also going to be looking at a lot of dime packages, and that's where the cornerbacks come in. They may they may not right. even use Monty Rice or Dylan Cole, and they may just be using Theo Jackson instead of Monty Rice on those third downs and stuff like that. Yep. So, to me, it, it's great that the most notable player to be <laughs> on the pup list is Monty Rice, which is your third inside linebacker. Yes, your backup inside linebacker is the most important piece you're missing. No right. Caleb Farley. He, let's, he's let's not, clear. I feel like we shouldn't – I feel like we should, like – Yeah. Robert <laughs> Woods is clear. But I think the, the big one is Aaron Brewer. Okay. Because Aaron Brewer was not practicing, nope. you know, because of injury and health issues, and now he's not on the pup list. That means the left guard competition is good to go. Wide open. They're, they don't feel that he needs to be on the pup list and take a couple extra breaks. That's good news for that position, for the offensive line, especially because we've harped on this show the continuity and to get your offensive line set, your starting offensive line set as early as possible in training camp to build that chemistry uh-huh. and not take eight weeks to build chemistry. <laughs> no. You hear me? No, we don't. We don't. You hear me, Kith Carter? Get Look, the set. The the evolution of Zach Lyons coming happening right yes. right before you. Um, uh, Donovan Romaine, by the way, great last name. It's like the best lettuce that there is. Donovan uh, Romaine here on on uh, the YouTube says, I, I feel good about Rice being the number three ILB. This this time while he is out, we'll allow them to develop more ILB depth, inside linebacker depth. That is kind of what you're saying. I do think they need to find the, the true number four. If that's Cole already, that's great. Yeah. Um, I don't, you know. How long can he be a true number four? Like I, I want Rice healthy in the number three spot. Yeah. But to 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 Donovan's point, building the depth and allowing guys to get some reps is always a good thing, especially in camp because again, we don't have games yet. Right. We're still still a ways away from games. So I, and I um, think if they were worried about Monty Rice being out longer term, then instead of uh, cutting Rodney Clemens to pick up jo- uh, Joshua Kalu, who's a defensive back, yep. they would have picked up another linebacker. I think that's a valid point. That's astute observation by you, astute. sir. Astute. Um, do you want to mention the Burks thing yeah, here? I think because... it's important that he wasn't on there because then I know this is asking a lot, but maybe people will shut the fuck up about it. <laughs> I am. I have I this wish guy. I, could use the, the, I wish I could use that word the way you do. That I, it's perfection. You're, you're very good at like driving home the point you want to use. Yeah. And you use the word brilliantly. I love yeah. it. Well, way thank you. I appreciate it. I work really hard at it. The, <laughs> Lots of reps. I'm just, I'm sick and tired of, I have this guy, I think his name is Kyle Fulton on Twitter, who's been jumping in my mentions lately, Shout. saying that the Titans are gaslighting its fan base. By saying that Burks is Burks is a good player, that like this, the, what Diana Rossini was fed is pure is gaslighting in its purest form. Well, we're gonna find out in like two days. Uh, here's the thing, and he brought up that this guy's you know twenty pounds overweight, and well, first off, we don't know how much he weighed at training camp, but we do know at combine and pro day he was like two twenty five to two thirty. 
That's not 240. And it, and then he what did play, rumors have it, according to Albert Breer, they played at 240 in Arkansas. Well, if he played at 240 in Arkansas and he played to the caliber of being a first-round draft pick, who gives a shit how much this guy weighs? If he was too, here's the here's all you need to know about the 240 at Arkansas thing. Watch the games. Yeah. If you watch the games and you are concerned about his size or weight, I don't know what to tell you at that point because the dude was a stud I'll, I'll, against the I'll best I'll worry teams he when he's team. 280 pounds. Right. Well, like, <laughs> or how about let's see him on the field? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Practicing. Now, to your you've been yeah. you've been on this the exact the whole time. It could be something we need to track and pay attention yeah. to, but it is not currently an issue until it becomes an issue. And right now, it's not an issue because they haven't practiced yet. Camp's not open yet, and we're not near a game week. So let, let's, let's let's react when there is something to react. And to. this guy is a is a should be an Eagles fan because he is so butthurt about the Tennessee Titans not signing AJ Brown. He's just he hates Traylon Burks. It doesn't matter. He's just butthurt. <laughs> Donnie said he wanted to block Kyle this weekend. That's yes. two mentions for Kyle. Yeah. That's three now. No more. The, no more on the show. But here's the thing I will I will say about this. When you're if he's 240 pounds at Arkansas, but when you look at the stats, he put up a better stat line at oh. 240 pounds than AJ Brown. Don't poke the don't poke the hive here. In, the the AJ hive. Comparing the final year of college <laughs> stats, you're talking about AJ Brown. Uh, he has a better catch rate. He has better yards per reception. He has more yards after the catch in almost he 7.1 yards after catch per reception for AJ Brown. 9.3 yards after catch per reception for. Traylon Burks, fat ass. And then <laughs> he had more touchdowns, more deep yards, and more deep catches. So this fat piece of shit, <laughs> Traylon Burks, somehow was able to overcome obesity. How did he do it? I, I don't know. He's able to overcome obesity and be better than A.J. Brown was. Who famously eats at terrible fast food yeah, restaurants. He eats at Chipotle. <laughs> Listen, here's the thing. If he was, again, if he was 240 yeah. then... When he became a first-round draft pick because of what he did in Arkansas, two hundred forty pounds with nobody. He I mean he was he, he counted for like thirty-seven percent of their offensive. Well, that's production. that's another like don't again let's not let don't miss the forest through the trees here, folks, because yeah. details and context and nuance matters. And that Ole Miss offense was with like Dawson Knox and Demarcus Lodge and DK Metcalf with Jordan Tamu running an offense that scored a billion points. This was Arkansas run first with a first-year quarterback. KJ Jefferson, Sam Pittman, you know, blue collar type of team that yep. wants to run more like a Titan style offense, frankly. So, like again, that that type of context matters. Here, here's the other question I have. They're, for you. they're just so there's so much alike in my in my opinion because AJ Brown, you know, he got knocked for well, slot snaps, and this guy's getting knocked for slot snaps. Right, damn slot snaps. Um, here's my here's the other thing. Why is it that the boar hunting thing seems to come up with the weight thing? Like, I don't know why they are. Like, everyone's like, oh, if he wasn't boar hunting, maybe he'd be in shape. I'm like, I don't understand how they're connected. I guess that's because Sam Pittman's saying that, and I don't know. I don't like, again, why does that put you... Wouldn't you be in better shape if you were out chasing boars, yeah, in theory? Yeah, I, I don't... Maybe that's the only thing he's doing, but again, you're, <laughs> now he's in an NFL-level program. Professional adult, you mean? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think, listen, how about this? When you are 21 years old and you go from a college offense to a professional offense, and you get paid millions of dollars to move to a new city that you live in for the first time, dealing with a professional business that you are now operating in for the first time with expectations that you've never had to deal with before your entire life as a 21-year-old human being. Maybe we give them a little bit of slack. We should. I mean, yeah. I, th I think that in the end, 
the I think people who are just so down on Traylon Burks, I, I saw someone compare him to Kenny Britt. They think he's going to be a uh, a more legal Kenny Britt. Listen, I love bathing in the Twitter sewers. I feel like sometimes you need a that was in a direct intervention. That was in a direct message chat. So I called that guy out. <laughs> Kenneth on uh, Kenneth on the chat says I think minicamp OTAs was a wake up call for Traylon. I'll support him to like I said. The yeah. play on the field is affected, which is frankly what you have said yeah. from the beginning. It's, I think that while it is a deal, it's not a major deal or big deal or skies falling because right. I need to have Twitter views kind of it, deal. It's it's not a thing. It could be a thing. It's a thing we'll track until it becomes a thing, but right now it's not a thing. Stoney brings that. up a good point. Everyone knows you have to be super fat to tempt the boars out of hiding and lure them in. So he's using himself as bait. He's using himself as bait. You better have some getaway speed. Because boards will get you, man. I don't know about that. Or, or really good with a knife, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. All right, are we done? With, are we done think, with the checking of the bags conversation? Yeah, I mean, I think you know. I think we're good. Okay. All right. Let's move the fuck on here. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Key issues at camp to watch is sort of a broad topic, broad generalization here. Um, there are things that you are interested in that you want to see, and again, this is what we love about camp. We get to see these situations. What are those situations for Titans fans, Zach? Well, I, I think Justin Graver brought this up on the football and other F words from last week, which you should go rate, review, subscribe, and listen to because yep. it's great. Uh-huh. Uh, and he brought up, you know, the the running back situation about Dontrell Hilliard catching two touchdown passes right out of the gate in the seven on sevens in the red zone drills or whatever it was yep. at um, OTAs. And he said he brought it up that that's super important because maybe Hilliard's going to be what they thought Darrington Evans was going to be a healthier change of pace back that can catch passes out of the the, the back of the in, uh, back of the yeah the field you yeah, know like field. in the backfield where a running back lines yeah. up. Um, let me ask you this. <laughs> let me ask you this. Yeah. Listen, we're back in the flow here. Okay, yeah. we're not. We're in. Listen, this is early camp days for us too. Yeah. Um, here's what I because I heard him talk about that with you. Great show by the way. Check it out. Um, I think. What's interesting is I think Hilliard fits more of the in case you need him break, you know, Derrick Henry issue. I think he plays that role. I think Haskins is the better pure pass catcher of the group. I think we've said that on the show many times. I I think it is the combination of the two trying to figure out where they fit in what plays. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like I want when Derrick Henry needs to come out of the game or they're in a specific situation, I want them to have a clear role for each player as to what they are supposed like. All right, it's third and eight. We're going to run this play. The angle route over the middle needs to be Haskins because it's a harder throw. It's a direct throw, or maybe it's to the, a corner route. Maybe that's Hilliard. I just want to see them how they work because I really like the three of them together. I just want to see how they all, which plays work best for which players. It, it will be sense. it will be interesting because I don't know if Haskins will get as many snaps as what he may deserve to get yeah, right I mean, out of the gate. I think they're going to kind of it's right. kind of going to be like Deion Lewis and Derrick Henry. It's going to be kind of like J- Jeremy McNichols and Derrick Henry. Yep. It's yep. Derrick Henry and Dontrell Hilliard. And but the, the the point is, who is catching touchdown passes from Ryan Tannehill in these drills? Chigakonkwu, yep. who is catching touchdowns from Ryan Tannehill all through OTAs. Does that continue in training camp? Cuz you know what that tells you? What that tells you as a fan, and what I'm telling you that tells you, <laughs> is that means that Chig is the next guy, is number two tight end. He is he's got Ryan Tannehill's trust, and that's super important. If it's if you see Chig suddenly on you know just playing with Logan Woodside and playing with Malik Willis, yeah. and it's Jeff Swaim is now the guy catching touchdowns. Something has happened that we're not a, a, a privy to. Yeah, and and I. W- to your point about, again, this goes to the running backs as well. How are they being used? Yeah. If, if it's 
first and 10 on your own 35 and they're not running red zone drills, then I could see Jeff Swain getting the call yeah. as the number two tight end and using him in the motion packages because they're going to run a lot of two tight end sets, whether that's 12 or 13, even with three tight ends. The key is what does that 12 personnel look like in the red zone? Mm-hmm. And I think you're absolutely right. If, if, if they are in that situation, the idea is that Austin Hooper is your all-around tight end and that Chig becomes your bonus piece yeah. that you get to play with. And if he's not in on red zone packages, then I then I agree with you. I, I you know the re, the wide receiver rotation is is in the same yeah. category. And the wide receiver and the cornerbacks, both rotations. I mean, you want to see Traylon Burt at this point because of all the negative press that he's gotten. You want to see Traylon Burks mentioned in as many many good times as possible, whether that's catching touchdowns or making deep grabs while he's covered or getting yards after the catch and breaking a tackle. That stuff matters. When they uh, face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and do practices, it matters for Caleb Farley. How is he covering Chris Godwin or Mike Evans? And is he keeping up with yep. them? And is Traylon Burks able to bust through that defense? And is Ryan Tannehill going to have time to throw to these guys with this offensive line? Because it all hinges on who's going to be at left guard and what Dylan Raidens could do. So I want to get to that in a second. We're going to get to players that we think need to take a jump in this training camp. We got some Ryan Tannehill numbers yeah. that you, you did some research on the Twitters there. Yeah. Uh, also, some quarterback tiers. Yeah. No, not the not yeah, the kind, that te- not tears. these kind. Yeah, like where yeah. are players ranked, ranked, which is really really important. Um, I think the the one position drill and the one position that we're probably both focused on, and I want to left guard is it. I want to throw something out at you. I I think from talking to a lot of people at practice, it feels like Aaron Brewer is the guy. That it's not much of a competition. I I would say having watched Jamarco Jones, it doesn't feel like he's going to unseat Aaron Brewer. Do you think that that is fair? Like, are you excited about that? Do you want it to be Jones? Do you want Jones to play the role of backup? That I do not around? want it to be Jones. Okay. Now, that does not necessarily mean that I want Aaron Brewer to be the final answer to the question, because I'm still an Eric Flowers Eric Flowers Hive guy. Uh, I'm, I'm still there waiting on him to be signed. Eventually, every day the price goes down, yeah. and you would think that, that they would be an option for him at Correct. some point. But I, I I think it's Aaron Brewer's job to lose. I, I think people place too much emphasis on, well, he got paid you know $4.8 million. Well, that's $2 million less than Kendall Lamb, and what did Kendall Lamb do last year? <laughs> okay, so I, like, I like just... spare me. Listen, the Tennessee Titans do not care about, after they pay a guy, no. whether that guy, that guy does not get to, that guy, the Tennessee Titans do not run it to where if they pay a guy a certain amount of money, that that guy has to start. It is a meritocracy. He has to earn it. It is a meritocracy. So, Vic, Vic Beasley, yeah. Ke- Kevin Dodd, he, they will cut bait on you so fast if you're not good. Yeah. <laughs> like so so spare me that because Jamarco Jones got paid $4.8 million and he was one of the first people they – I think he was the first free agent that was announced to signing. It doesn't matter. Look at Kendall Lamb. Look at the history of yeah. what this team tells you. And that's the theme for this season. What does history tell you about the Tennessee Titans and why you shouldn't overreact or react in certain and, ways? So to me, Jim Marco Jones is the guy earning it. Aaron Brewer is the guy that's already earned it because he's already been there for two years. Yes, I completely agree with that. So now, here's the question. Am I overreacting? Because we just told you guys not to overreact to what you saw at OTAs and minicamp. So maybe this is me not taking my own medicine here or my own advice. But it did not appear. And again, maybe the pads go on and you and he's different. But like... Jamarco Jones just didn't look like the same type of player as Nate Davis. He did like all the starting guys felt like they were up a notch athletically, yeah, from a footwork standpoint. But again, is that me overreacting to watching OTAs and minicamp and not like actual practice? Maybe that is. So no, no, got to be even on both. When sides. you're when you're saying that a guy does not look good, that's not overreacting. 
Now, that doesn't mean that he can't look good later, right? And maybe he gets more comfortable in the system and he shows whatever they saw in him. He, he rewards them. But the, at a certain point, a guy's just a guy. You know, Kendall Lamb was just Kendall Lamb. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't the answer at right tackle. He was never supposed to be the answer at right tackle. And I think what they've gotten is now a, another swing tackle that that is can basically replacing Kendall Lamb. I think Aaron Brewer is replacing Roger Saffold, who I'm glad is okay after a scary car wreck this weekend. But oh, he's I didn't injured. see that. Yeah, he's injured. I was hiking through the uh, the mountains this weekend. I did not see the internet. So if it happened on the internet this weekend, uh, I was with my five and four year old and wife on her birthday in the mountains. Happy birthday! Um, so I I, had, I needed to unplug, which is also why I'm so refreshed and energized for yeah. camp because media days is behind us. Titans camp is here. Football is coming. Could not be more excited about it. Um, I think the le- I, to me, I want to see. Let's say by Friday, okay, three days of practice, three days of practice. I I think it could be early in this camp that you see it, where consistently it is Lawan Brewer Jones Davis Raidens, and if that's the five consistently three four days into camp, I think that's a pretty good sign for the Titans. I th- in my opinion. Well, I think I think Brewer just has such a leg up on Jamarco Jones. He's familiar with the system. He's familiar with the guys he's playing between. He knows the offense. You know, he knows what Ryan Tannehill wants, needs. He knows who he needs to block, and he's athletic. Like I that guy totally is agree. super. Su- he may be lightweight. I mean, he's not. Yes. He, as far as we know, he's not over three hundred pounds. We don't know if he's added weight or he, anything. He is possibly lighter than Traylon Burks. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, he's definitely way more in shape than Traylon Burks. Oh, it's possible. But you're talking about a guy that can run right behind Derrick Henry, almost pace for pace, in Aaron Brewer. And that's how athletic yep. he is. And he's determined, too. I, he had an interview with Jim White at t- TennesseeTitans.com, and he, is, he knows people doubts him. He is determined to prove them wrong, and that's what he does when he goes out in the field. I just, I have a hard time thinking that just because Jamarco Jones is getting paid $4.8 no, million I, over two years that no. – that he is somehow this, you know, unbenchable player. Anything under five million a year, and you're like expendable. Yeah, and it's <laughs> not even per year. It's it's point, it's right. four it's four point eight over two. Right, exactly. Um, all right, you want to get into otherwise DB rotation is the only other thing I'm really watching. When they're in nickel, when they're in dime, how many safeties? Is it Theo Jackson? Is it Roger McCurry? Is Molden with Farley and, let me, and let me, There's a. It's, I think it's so interesting. Well, it's it's super interesting, and I think uh, someone at the Kyle Krabs of the Draft Network talked about McCurry versus Molden. That is the, maybe that's the one to watch, but the Tennessee Titans obviously play the most dime or one of the teams that play the most dime packages in the NFL. So my question to you, this is a question that's been hopping around here and there in a couple of articles. It's also been in the group chat, the the, the good group chat that is (laughs) smart about football. Uh, Sorry to those in the bad group chat. Wait, does everybody in the group chat know which group chat they're in? Okay, so they're well, they're self aware. They'll, they'll, they'll be, they'll know who it is. I'll, I'll, I'll get mentioned in, in Twitter <laughs> right. over. Um, but I, I like think that. that there's a lot of talk about McCreary taking the starting spot from Molden, and I think that's crazy because I also think Molden has probably the best chance to make a huge, massive Christian Fulton-like second-year jump. I, I think it completely depends on the situation in the matchup. What, um, what, what is the matchup for each of those guys? Is so, right. So to me, if you're if you're going up against Nehemiah Hines in the slot, let's say, okay. against the Colts. Is, that, is, is it not Naheem? Naheem Hines, either one. Okay. Whatever, my bad. Again, early I've camp. I've heard it both ways. Early camp for us here. You know, NC State grad. How about that? I know where he went to college. I can't say his first name. Um, if he's in the slot, I would prefer 
maybe Roger McCreary be in there because of the quickness, the speed. If he is matched up against a smaller, quicker slot receiver in a three-wide-out package or running back that's smaller and quicker, I want McCreary out there. If it is a bigger package, a more heavy run team with a t- with an extra tight end or a, a big tight end on that side, I want Molden. Like Molden to me is the guy that I want blitzing off the edge, that I want matched up in the run game, that I want in the in there when it is a bigger, more physical game. If the matchup is a more speed space oriented game and you're out in space and you're going to have to cover people down the field, then I might want McCreary to be more involved in that. That so, to me, that's the difference between the two players. Okay, I like that. They're built very different. So, so I want to ask you a question. Because let's take this defensive roster that you see in 2022 and put it against the Cardinals in 2021 versus Christian Kirk in the slot. McCreary. McCreary. Yeah. Okay. What if it was Jamison Crowder in the slot? I mean, Molden would push him around, which would be good. But... Because, you know, uh, Christian Fulton covered him last year because of injuries. I think think McCreary still... Here's the thing. Like, I have such a... I I love both of these players. Yeah. Like, I just... I liked him in college... I think they are both prototypical Titans brand players. They are heady, smart football IQ guys that know every bit of their technique down to the, the to the last thing, their last finger and muscle. They're supposed to like. They are so fundamentally sound. Mold. I just love Elijah Molden for what he is, but he is. Don't forget, he crawled under someone to get a sack. He is so. He is built like a truck. But just like a short, not fast truck. It's like Colorado. Roger McCreary is much thinner. They are not even close to the same body type. And McCreary is much faster and can go down the field. So to me, McCreary is your clear number three outside guy and maybe your backup slot guy, where Moldham is your clear top slot guy and Fulton and Farley are your, like, to me, that's what makes it so interesting yeah. is they can mix and match with all these pieces with the matchup that they have. I want Molden on the field as much as possible. That's what I would say first and foremost. Not only is he a year older, I think he's more versatile. I think he's more dynamic, and you can play him in the box. You can play him in the red zone. You can play him on third and short. I just, I just want Molden on the field as many snaps as possible. I want McCreary sort of like coming along gotcha. as the season comes along. That, that's how I would look at it. There's a lot of people who think McCreary's just going to push Molden out, and I don't know why they think that Molden's going to go down without a fight, he's, and why they think McCreary, a rookie, is so much better than Elijah Molden. Why would maybe because he's more of a pure cover corner? Yeah. But like, why would you not? You tell me. Why would you? What's the argument for Elijah Molden to be on the bench? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like, see I don't one. That. I don't, okay. I don't know one because, like you said, he's physical. He can cover tight ends. We can knock the ball out. He knows. He's so smart. And I'm not saying this is not a knock on McCreary, but why mess up a good thing? He to me, he, again, he, why take a good player off the field to maybe perchance to have a good player? So I talked. TD and I talked about this. Tron Davenport and I talked about this when they drafted Molden. He is Logan Ryan. Yeah. That's what he is. I think he may end up having a better career than Logan Ryan, and but I know that's a lot of hype. But I was just so in love with the prospect, yeah. And that he landed to the Titans in the third round is one of the biggest steals of that he, draft. He is, so Logan Ryan started outside, and then as he got a little slower, learned how to play in the slot closer to the line of scrimmage, blitz off the edge, be that more versatile vocal leader. Like Molden kind of came out of college ready-made for that role. And that again, that's the difference. I think they're different players that do different things depending on the matchup and the location on the field, which I, if I'm a Titans fan, I love because then we can be very scheme. We can be real versatile on how we're going to match up with people. So yeah. Uh, it goes into players that the Titans needs talking about defensive backs and it's Caleb Farley. Yeah. Caleb Farley. And you've said this all along and I've kind of come around on it because I'm, I'm sort of I'll believe it when I see it with the knee and how yeah. healthy he is and playing outside corner is a very difficult thing. He looks bigger, he looks stronger, at least in OTAs and minicamp. He's probably on the Traylon Burks diet. But I, I think he needs to be a you've said this, I'll agree with you on this and then let you run here. 
he needs to be a starting true number one outside corner because that's where he was drafted. That's what his job is, and that's what he looks like. Yeah, I mean, that's what you want. I mean, you want him to be on day one. It, it's it's. I think this team is more than any team that we've seen under the Vrabel area, and for, probably for a long time under the Tennessee Titans, pretty set in, at multiple positions in the depth chart. Like, I think this is the one of the easiest depth charts to guess. Yeah. And it should be Caleb Farley and Christian Fulton. I think anybody trying to create a something else, unless Caleb Farley is just terrible, then they're just trying to create something content for clicks. Empty calories. You Empty know, calories, baby. And I think that you are look you for this team to go from great on defense to elite on defense, which is very close. I mean, they were already, yeah, they yeah. were borderline. It's, it's so anyway. close is that they have to have that second cornerback spot, that Caleb Farley spot, be as good as what Christian Fulton was last year. That's all he needs to be. Yeah. Christian Fulton will be better than Caleb Farley, more than likely. I, if I was a betting man. This year? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christian Fulton will be better this year. Yeah. But if Caleb Farley could be Christian Fulton of last year, because that Christian Fulton is is great then you have an elite defense you, you a little banged up a little herky-jerky in your first season a true dependable starting corner in your second season yeah. that's what christian fulton did i think that's what we're expecting caleb farley to do right. it is what he needs to do a couple of quick questions here back on the mold and um thing here it says Don, donnie said will will they be able to say who the three safeties are on the field um i think theo jackson right now is number three but i do think molden plays a lot of that role um a lot of you guys chiming in here. So uh, I'm excited to see. This is from Donovan. I'm excited to see how the defense uses Weaver as well. I think he can play all over the defensive line. We'll have some time to talk defensive line as the camp goes along. But I agree. He is sort of the Elijah Molden of the defense. But, yeah. again, you've said this. He is the next version of Danico, Danico Autry, Autry uh, which, I, which I agree with uh, as well. So uh, Stoney, of course, who do you trust more if it's a matchup that could go either way? Big physical blocker and or speedy, shifty receiving threat. George Kittle, Austin Eckler's examples. I would go with Molden. I, I, would, I would go with Molden for those type, those specific matchups right now. Maybe they're maybe he's maybe Mold, he's not good enough in man to man. I don't know. Yeah, Molden on Kittle, and I, th I think Molden could do both of those things. I, I think people Molden is maybe not college elite athlete, but I think he's like easily an NFL athlete. I, 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 I he's not that great or spectacular, right. and right. obviously McCreary's probably a little bit better, but. His technique makes up for anything yes. that he lacks. And I think you were about to say you like maybe McCreary with Eckler. And yeah, I, maybe. I, and I could see that as well. And a correction for Donnie said he meant, am I able to discuss what the Titans are with their strict media policies? We do not know through OTAs and minicamp really who the third safety is. My guess is, is having watching them rotate and, and all that stuff and who's in second, first team, like they, they want to use Theo Jackson in a pretty um, – versatile way same thing with Molden same thing with Weaver like they're going to use a lot of pieces on defense in a lot of different ways depending on matchup and who's hot and which players doing what like I that again that's what makes this defense really special um and before we get to the offensive line I, I think that third safety spot is is a little under talked about potentially if it's a true rookie that's going to be playing that third safety spot and there's a drop off or one of the hooker or buyer has to come off the field they're gonna have. They're gonna be putting a lot of faith in someone who doesn't have a ton of experience, no matter what they have. Yeah, it was. Uh, Justin Graver talked about it, and of course, you can read it over at BroadwaySportsMedia.com. There's a uh, article with a interview with Amani Hooker by Justin Mello, and he unprompted brought up how impressed he was with Theo Jackson. Unprompted. So that is, and they like we, we know we know that Theo Jackson's from Nashville. You may not have heard that, <laughs> but he is from Nashville. 
Um, did he, so that helps. Did he play in the state? Did yeah. he play college football here too? So that so that so that helps. That, that helps. That helps how he died. Well, if you're diagnosing Russell Wilson's, yeah. it helps play action pass. Nashville. It helps that you're from Nashville. Yeah, that you yeah. went and watched Tennessee Titans play. Yeah. But no, it's a, it's a good, good it's thing a good that Imani Hooker brought that up by without prompt, and that that gives you a little bit of calm. But it still is an undecided. See, the thing is, is whether it's going to be three safeties or really whether it's going to be Theo Jackson's just a backup. I, I think that's probably you're probably seeing Molden and McCreary in there first. Yeah, over Theo be, Jackson. Before you see Theo Jackson. Now, the difference is that Theo Jackson can back up Molden in the slot potentially mm-hmm. and play backup safety should anything happen to Bayard or, or um, uh, Hooker. But I do like when you watch Tennessee. This goes back to Traylon Burks in Arkansas. If you watch Tennessee football games, fall and volunteers, Alante Taylor got all the hype and all the praise and got drafted very highly. Theo Jackson's the guy who showed up on tape. Right. Like coming up into the box, making plays, making tackles, doing all the things he's supposed to. Theo Jackson was the guy that kind of popped on film a lot more. And it wasn't hard to see that it wasn't hard to see that. Now, sometimes if you're a cover corner and you're doing your job, they don't throw at you and that's why you don't pop yeah. on film. But I think Theo popped on film enough to know. And, the, and I trust the Titans' evaluation process and how they like versatile players. And he was kind of part of the second team right off the bench when Bayard and Hooker were out of the game in, in red zone drills during OTAs and warm-ups. So I, I think they're very, very high on, on Theo Jackson. All right, you want to do offensive line? Yeah, because I think we need to decide here and now. Dylan Radens is the most important piece of this offensive line as far as the players that the Titans need to make that jump. Or do you think it's old Taylor Lewan back? So I was gonna, that's what I was going to ask you is – is it Taylor Lewan, Nate Davis, Ben Jones, the three leaders and the veterans being as good as they possibly can be? Or do you just not even, that's not even a consideration. You don't worry about that. And it's more important that the right tackle think, is better. I think that's what it is, is that I feel like they're going to be who they are. And okay. I, I think that it really comes down to Dylan Raiden's at the right tackle because you want to see that second round pick step up and you need someone better than, you, you listen, you don't need Dylan Raiden's to be an all pro. You just need him to be better than David Quessenberry. That's it. That's all you need. It's kind of like when we talked about the 2020 yeah. defense. We said the the Tennessee Titans can make the playoffs and make a, a, Average. a run as long as they just yeah. make it to like 21, just not dead last. And this is that's what Dylan Radens needs to be. He just doesn't need to be as bad as David Quessenberry was. It's, it's, it doesn't feel like a high bar to clear. Yeah. Um, is that better or worse than Dennis Kelly? It's worse than Dennis Kelly, I think, right by a notch. Yeah, if you if you're if you're if you're saying that all he Kelly has to be, Raidens. yeah, if if what you're saying is that all he has to be is just a tad bit better than Scott or David Questenberry, then it's he's Dennis not Kelly's as good as Dennis Kelly because Dennis <laughs> Kelly was way better okay. than. If you don't have to. If you're asking Dylan Raidens to not be quite as good as Dennis Kelly, I feel like that's something we should be able to accomplish this year. Yeah. Yeah, and listen, I you want we as yeah. I say we, you know, yeah, we're, we're on the team. We're the coaches, yep. and we want them. I, I think that you want to see him be Dennis Kelly, minimum. I mean, that's what you want. That would be ecstatically the best thing ever, right? I mean, yep. like if he, if he made a jump and he was right out of the gate, David Kelly instead of right out of the gate, Scott or David. I keep calling him Scott, David Questenberry. And then he got better than David Questenberry. It's better to have your starting point be Dennis Kelly and get better from there. 
Uh, by the way, Zach playing her today. Just want to point out. I am. You're I'm playing gonna... her today. <laughs> I wasn't going to give that away. You're the one who gave it away. Ironically, I had a great night's sleep. I worked out this morning. I ate nothing but salads the last 24 hours, and I'm sweating more than the guy who's hungover. That's I, well, I'm not a sweater. Problem. I, I, I know, somehow I, keep it all in me, and it's it's horrible. <laughs> I, hate, I hate the humidity. It's so bad. DK Titan says, don't forget, we also have Buster Screen in the yes. DB, DB room. I would also throw in Chris Jackson. Yes, uh, Chris Jackson. Chris Jackson's a part of this conversation as well. Um, all right, so I, I agree. It's Dylan Raiden's is the most important piece on the offensive line because I, I am assuming that Lawan and Jones and Davis mm-hmm. are stable. Like the Titans aren't going to have a good football team if you don't assume that those three are kind of at at least something close to if, their if, their peak. At this point, if you're assuming the worst about those three, then you are the team def- sucks. Yeah, the team's <laughs> awful because you can't afford all three right. of those. T- Listen. If Taylor Lewan isn't tw- Taylor Lewan of 2020 before he got injured, and he's yeah. still just 2021 Taylor Lewan, as long as he doesn't have to play Chandler Jones this year, then he should be fine. That's okay. What did he have, like five sacks? Oh, yeah, he had five sacks. Five sacks. And then he thanked him. Oh, thank you, Chandler Jones, for embarrassing <laughs> me. Like, give me a fucking break. <laughs> I mean, he, he maybe he motivated him for the rest uh, of the year. Maybe. <laughs> All right, are we done with players that need to take a yeah. jump? Because there's a lot of them. We'll get into more detail as, yeah. the, as the camp unfolds. And again... Every Monday and Thursday, 1 o'clock, right here at the Cast Collective Studio, brought to you by Kingston Group, Zach and Braden here on a football show. Um, all right, you want to you try some Tannehill? It's science. <laughs> These fans have proven. Scientific, the fans have scientifically, scientifically proven, based on a sample size of 1,000 votes. That's a, All you need is like 300, right? Yeah, yeah something like that. That's what stats class taught yeah. me at UT. Great. A, a massive sample size. Science has shown, based on polls on Twitter, that this team believes that Ryan Tannehill will be better than last year, which means that, okay. and that is without the um, a fan base that basically has said that he, the the team is stunk, is sunk on offense because they lost AJ Brown. So I'm I having a hard time reconciling all this stuff because if you think that Ryan Tannehill is going to be better, but the team has suffered so much that this offense is going to be worse. Well, the only way Ryan Tannehill gets more passing yards than what he did last year is with the wide receivers that he's got. Okay. Okay, I I think that's clearly science. Obviously, obviously, it's it's not even theories. These are yeah. laws now at this point. Um, my question is more about the offensive line impact on all of this. Yes, because I think I think Tan- so broadly. Without we'll get into the numbers in a second, but broadly, my opinion is is that Ryan Tannehill will be slightly better this year. He's going to hit about his career averages, which would be better than last season because technically he was worse last year than his than most of his career averages. I'd love to see him hit. I think he's going to hit four thousand this year. If he hits four thousand and twenty five touchdowns with a seven point two yards per attempt. Like um, without looking at the numbers, like that's about his career average. Um, again, his career averages are identical to Joe Flacco. For for example, you don't want to. I don't know if you love looking at that, but I I think you can be better. And that the offense could be about the same because the offensive line isn't as good because Roger Saffold's not in the field. And maybe Aaron Brewer doesn't work out. Maybe Dylan Radens doesn't work out. Maybe Taylor Lewan's not as good. Like, there are still, to me, far more questions about the offensive line than there are about Ryan Tannehill. That doesn't mean that I am saying that Ryan Tannehill should be their long-term solution at quarterback for the next 10 years because he's really old. <laughs> but... Does that make sense? Like yeah. you, you can Tannehill can be slightly better. The offense can be about the same. They can win just as many games, but it be the offensive line's problem, not right. the receivers or Tannehill's. Well, I think I think the thing to me is I'm just trying to show people that while AJ Brown is a phenomenal talent, and while I'll say this, he is a top twenty wide receiver in the league. You know, at one point we thought that he was going to be top five or top ten, but he was woefully inconsistent last year. 
And a lot of that had to do with injuries. But if Tannehill was to get his career average, which is 231 yards per game, that's going to get you 3,927 yards this year. That's that's better than last year. That's better than Te- last year. Technically. Yeah, technically. His average is 7.2, 7.3 yards per attempt. He was yep. 7.0 last year. That's better, technically. Yeah. I think that you're going to see more explosive plays. I think that's the thing, is that people forget that last year, there's a, a lot of factors, right? There's the injuries. There's uh, the lack of chemistry. The offensive line is poor. But here's some things that you got to factor into Ryan Tannehill's performance last year. Uh, he was having to – he had – his receivers were by far the worst in the league, with A.J. Brown, by the way, in the, included in this, by far in the league at separating. Well, and, and, and how many games did, how many snaps were Julio and A.J. on the field yeah. for? Like, let's be honest. They, they could not separate. I mean, yeah. they were the worst by far. I mean, when you look at the graph, there's the Tennessee Titans, and then there's the <laughs> New York Giants were better. Somehow the New York Giants wide receivers were better than Tennessee Titans wide receivers last year, mm-hmm. and, and that's with A.J. Brown playing 14 games. And then the lack of explosive plays because these wide receivers couldn't get open because they had a, they didn't couldn't get down the field the la- they were twenty eighth in explosive play rate if I recall correctly could be lower but let's how, say how about tw- this they weren't good they weren't good and if if they even improve that then again your yards go up your uh, yards per attempt go up Tim Kelly was with Davis Mills and Brandon Cooks was uh, I think ten spots yeah, ahead yeah, in explosive yeah. play rate. Versus the Tennessee Titans. With Derrick Henry healthy, all this changes. A.J. Brown, I, th- I think Justin put it best, is that wide receiver is probably the e- most easily replaceable position group to overcome a loss. Like, do you really think, okay, Devontae Adams has gone out of Green Bay. He's just going to divvy it up among a bunch of different wide receivers and just focusing on Devontae Adams. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you trust Rodgers to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, like, it's interesting because, like, I would agree with this offense. It should be easier to replace receivers than running back. But in traditional settings, I would think it's harder to replace the receivers. If that makes sense? Yeah. Like, this offense, the running back is more valued. In this offense, the receiving pieces are more interchangeable, if that makes sense. Again, you're not asking Ryan to – You hopefully you're not asking Ryan Tannehill to throw the ball 48 times a game to win games by slinging it all over the place. Um, but I do think the point – and Donovan says this with, with Hooper and Phillips being there – like they are a deeper, and you've said this all along. Yeah. They are better from one to let's say ten, including tight ends and receivers and running backs. They are a far deeper collection of skill weapons around Ryan Tannehill this year than they were last year. So if Robert Woods and Traylon Burks get hurt, which is what happened with Julio and AJ last year, they've got Hassan Haskins. They've got a second tight end in Chig Conku and, and and Austin Hooper. They've now got Kyle Phillips on the roster. NWI is a year older. Like they just they they have more options now. Where there were certain games last year, <laughs> where yeah, you just look at a formation, you're going like, what the hell are they doing with those guys? Well, and I, and I'm I don't want it to think that I don't appreciate what AJ Brown did, but I'm also sure. trying to view it in a realistic perspective. When you look at his stat lines, and you know everybody says we got to give AJ Brown the ball more. Okay, well he got eight targets. He turned those eight targets into 49 yards. Nine targets he turned it into 43. These are games that he didn't. He leave averaged early. like four catches a game for his career here. Yeah, like I mean we're talking about. 11 targets here in the, versus the Rams. He got f- he went 5 for 11 for 42 yards, and the Titans still won that game. I think this is what happens, and AJ, this is not to be anti-AJ Brown talk here because I think we all agree that he's the most talented wide receiver that's ever put on a Titans uniform. He's woefully inconsistent. But some of that's injury-based, some of that's offense-based, some of that, but like, 
you can find a way to. This is like I, I, I hate to quote Moneyball, but I love Michael Lewis, the author. Like they, they're one of the scenes in the in the book. They're replacing Jeremy Giambi, and they're like, no, we need to replace his on base percentage in the aggregate. And that's what the, to me, that's what this is. This is four catches per game for seventy yards. That's it. That's what AJ Brown delivered over three years of being in Nashville. If you can figure out a way to aggregate four receptions for about 68, 70 yards, and and I think it's, you know, I, I want to say, what was it, like a touchdown every two games, basically? Yeah, so he, take, he had five last year. Every every three games you get a touchdown. That's what you're trying to aggregate from all the pieces you've brought in, and I think they can do that. Yeah. I, I think they can do that for the offense. It doesn't mean that you have a guy on the team that can do 20 targets for 11 catches and 150 yards and two touchdowns against San Francisco on a Thursday night. Right. Like, they don't have that guy yet that can single-handedly take over a game and just go out there and dominate and make we, At least we don't know. And we don't know that yet. Yeah. That's different than the collection every week, week in and week out, three-year consistency that this, this group he ever He averaged 62 yards a game last year, and he got five touchdowns. They can obviously replace right. that to maintain status quo, but the Titans will be better because they have Hooper, they have Phillips, they have yes. Chico Conquo. They'll just... It's just hard for me to see all these things and say they can't be better than last year. At the start, we've done this before, so we can do it real fast. At the start of the season, game one, when they go out there, assuming everybody's healthy in the in camp, right? They get to game one and they're healthy. Are they better at running back one? They're the same. Yes. Are they better at running back two? Yes. Are they better at running back three? Yes. yes. Are they better at tight end one? Yes. Yes. Are they better at tight end two? Yes. Yes. Are they better at tight end three? Yeah. Same. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Are they better at wide receiver one? Okay, maybe not. No. Are they better at wide receiver two? Yes. Yeah. Wide receiver three? Same. Four? Better. Five? Better. That Of the 12 skill position players around Ryan Tannehill, we could argue that they are better at 10 of them? Yeah. Nine of them? And the other ones, a couple of them, they're the same? That's I think that's the point we've been trying to make all offseason about the collection of skill players. Now, it needs to be put into place the right way right <laughs> by the right people doing the right things with the right schemes and that's what hopefully tim kelly does and that's what tim kelly does now are we done with the science experiment yeah. is it, it so the proven science what's the what's your thesis coming out of your science experiment? my thesis is that everybody thinks that the the large majority the vast majority thinks that he will get way more or get more yards more touchdowns less interceptions and more yards per attempt so all four major categories right Tannehill will be better and the entire fan base agrees with you on that. Or that's, that's what the, they the, said. That's the majority of the fan base. And you think it's funny because they all think he needs to be shipped out of town. Yeah, well, I'm, Is that I, way? I think also people got to watch out for Ryan Tannehill having a chip on his shoulder and with Malik sure. Willis back there, too. A little motivation? He, he may have a lot of motivation because right now they can easily cut him next year, right? Yeah, they can. That's $58 million cap hits looming. <laughs> yeah. So, But what if they he balls out and they extend him? You know, uh, that's that's always oh, is I think it's something possible. that I would do. I think it's totally maybe possible. not, but I think there is a real. I think fans need to start taking into account that if Ryan Tannehill, like you all say, <laughs> it's science, it's science, yeah, is gonna be better <laughs> without AJ Brown, yeah, then this team should be better, and this team could wind up given Ryan Tannehill an extension. All right, let me ask you. Or redoing it. So let me, can I just, like, the dream scenario? Because we're going to, we're, we're talking about, now let's get to the uh, the content that's around Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. Which is, and again, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I've clicked on any of them and read any of them, because I haven't, because I spent all last summer trying to convince people that Ryan Tannehill wasn't a top 10 quarterback, and then realized it was a stupid thing to do. It doesn't matter if he's ranked ninth or 13th. It doesn't matter if he's ranked 12th or 17th. It doesn't matter where he is ranked on the internet. All that matters is how he plays in a playoff game, and that's all that really matters in, in the 17 regular season yeah. games. But here's, here's what I think would be just so good. 
for us mostly, yes. is Ryan Tannehill's numbers get better, like you just showed. They, the fans, they, 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 they win a playoff game. Maybe they don't win, go to the Super Bowl, but they win a playoff game, so they, they, he exercises some demons. They, they win a playoff game with him going like 230 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Yes, and Derrick Henry wins, and the defense yeah. is great, and like I don't know how they're built. Um, and he decides to, to play for like three million bucks. Like Brady, you remember Brady played for like a million dollars that one year? Tannehill comes back, restructures the deal, and his cap hit goes from 58 to like three. And he's just like, no, guys, I'm going to do it for you. I'm going to do it for Nashville. I'm going to do it for this organization. And he's going to make sacrifices for you, the fans, and for the organization. And you're all going to have to be like, ah. Oh, what have I? What, what have we, we done? And he's going to be good enough to be like just close enough to Super Bowl caliber. You know what I mean? And it's not going to matter where he's ranked on the internet in the summertime. I just, I, I, I just don't understand why we have to rank everything in the world. Like, be funny about rankings. Rank stupid shit. Yeah. Don't, we don't have to rank every real important thing because it doesn't actually matter. I, I get to the point where I think the message, of the, the good content in these, so like, what we're referencing is Mike Sando of The Athletic. You know, he interviews... He's a very good guy. He's great. a great guy. He interviews the GMs. He interviews uh, defensive coordinators, offensive coordinators, uh, coaches, you know, all this stuff. He interviews these people, and he, based on votes, he ranks them or But at whatever. least there is some, like, substance to the That's people the he's thing. talking about. It's yeah. not like... Like, again, I but would... But it's lost. It gets lost yeah. because, you know, the, what people will do, they're going to scroll until they see their team's quarterback. And then they're going to see that their quarterback team, let's say Lamar Jackson's ranked 10th. I don't know what he was ranked, but Baltimore Ravens fans are going to see that and say, well, why is Joe Burrow ranked ahead of him? And blah, blah, blah. They're not going to read. How many MVPs does Joe Burrow have? They're not going to read the good information of what GMs say, what defensive coordinators say. And that to me is why I I hate the tier format. I hate the list format because it takes away. I, I enjoy reading what the content is underneath where it says yeah, number good, 17, Ryan Tannehill. There's nuggets in there. I like that part. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I know that the only way that they get clicks and get paid is that they do a tier ranking. Yeah, and know. to me, it just is, it takes away from the whole thing, and I don't care. Like, if someone yeah. will just send something and say, well, I can't believe they have Matt Ryan ranked ahead of Ryan Tannehill in this. Who gives a flying fuck? <laughs> so... So here's I mean, all- these are like Jacksonville Jaguars yeah, yeah. defensive coordinators voting. I mean, are they really the smartest people <laughs> on, on the planet, some of these coaches? It, this is what I would say. I said it last summer. I said it after the game last year against Cincinnati. I said, it, I said it this summer. I said it last summer. Can the Tennessee Titans win a Super Bowl with Ryan Tannehill? And the answer is yes. He has to play really well. The defense has to be really good. And the running game has to be solid. But yes, the answer is yes. Stetson Bennett just won a national championship with one of the best defenses. Like, the answer is yes. You yes. can do it. Matt Stafford won a Super Bowl with a great supporting cast. You, you you can win. Great head coach, too. Let's throw that in there. That's all that matters. Is he the thing that maybe holds them back long term? Maybe it is. But let's let's see it play out some more. There's just let's, so much more to focus happen. on about this team than where an, on an art where a player on your favorite team ranks in an arbitrary um, list because that's what it is. It's all arbitrary. There's I'm, no, I'm ranking him 14th. Oh wow! I don't know who's ahead of him or who's behind him, but he's 14th. Yeah, I like it. Number I don't 14th. know why, but I just kind of feel good about it. 14th. You got him at 18. Yeah, boy. How dare you? I know. That's that's the thing. Asshole. These tier lists, and then you know people like. What what's it gonna? Oh, I saw one today. Uh, I don't know who said it, but it was like, what's it gonna take for fans to believe in Traylon Burks? I'm like, why are they not believing in him right now? What? He just he hasn't even taken a snap. <laughs> it's never been a game. He's never played a professional 
game in his career. That's why I'm so glad training camp's here because maybe <sighs> we God. have we can find some good. We will, but maybe us as a whole, the the Titans community, can find good storylines to talk about. Look, this is a college football magazine by Athlon Sports. No free shop. We get paid to rank teams because a committee. Oh, look at that free free postage in there. A committee will rank teams at the end of the year to determine a champion. That ain't how the NFL works. Right. It is a results-oriented business, and you either win the game or you don't. And that's it. It's all that matters in the NFL. It, I, while I love the imperfections of the college game, I love the crystal clear nature of the NFL game. Yep. And we will learn all about all of this stuff as the season goes along. And that's the fun of being a fan of football. And that's the, that's the fun so. of being on this show because we're going to let you know yep. what to pay attention to. Lists of quarterbacks. Shoot them in the sun. Shoot them in the sun. If you want to get wasted on a Saturday night and argue about where your quarterback is ranked, be my guest. Don't invite me. Okay. Yeah, it's good bar talk. I, you know, maybe it is, there. but even then, like, not on the. Not like, on like the is Matt Stafford elite? I internet. think is a great bar talk. <laughs> Why? Why? I don't know. It's just because people really think that he's elite, and I don't get. I don't see it. He's a pretty damn good quarterback. He's a damn good and quarterback, but he's not elite. He's great at. He's a great pitch man in advertising. Oh yeah, he's really good. In that <laughs> he's commercial. really good in that commercial, and he's got a ring on Who his knew? finger, and he's the most talented Georgia quarterback in the history of Georgia football. How yes. about that? I like it. Um, all right, Zach. Where should people? sign up where should they click all the notifications where can they go listen to you and read all your other stuff 440 sports youtube page get on there and go and subscribe hit notifications on then also go to the 440 sports twitter app and twitter account and let them know by following them and turning on their notifications then go to the 440 sports facebook page and turn on notifications over there because i'm a there you go good things come in threes there you go uh donnie says y'all are great with addressing comments love this show donnie tell everyone you know to watch the about show. the product share some links in your text thread and your group thread and you know no empty calories football show of course here on the 440 sports network you want college football content we're going to cover that this year as well but also fringe element podcast of course uh, on the youtube page um, as well, we're sitting here, my, my co-host on that show, Aaron Dugan, is standing behind the camera right now, and we are in her wonderful, amazing studio, The Cast Collective on Music Row, so check it out, thecastcollective.com, as well as all over the IG, just check them out on IG, you'll find them. Uh, and of course, special thanks to Kingston Group, buildkg.com is the website for all of your big needs around the house. Why would you do make any major financial decisions without talking to professionals? I do not understand why you would do that. BuildKG.com, the Kingston Group, Nashville's locally owned, award-winning custom home and remodeling firm, and they bring you this product every Monday and Thursday for free. For Zach, I am Braden. Football camp is here. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Thanks for rating, reviewing, subscribing. This has been a football show.